Welcome to the Rock of Bay County, Florida, where our vision is to be a multi-generational gathering, moving as one body to bring the glory of Yahweh to this beautiful county and to all the earth. We hope you are encouraged and blessed as you listen to this message. So I want to talk this morning about active faith in the family. That's kind of my focus, and I, I have to sometimes just state that so that I can stay focused. So if I get off, remember what I'm talking about. There's so many things here, and uh, I'm going to be kind of note-heavy this morning just because I don't know that I can come off the page today. There's some things that Holy Spirit's been speaking to me about this. But real quick, um, the, the, I said it already, but hope is a joyful expectation for good. This is where we start. This is the foundation. It's actually not where we start. It's not the foundation. It is, it's, it's, it's step two, really, but I'll get to that in a second. But hope is a joyful expectation for good. It's a position, right? It's a position of what we view the world we live in. Faith, remember, faith comes from hope. That's where, that's where I, I, I likened it to the bow and arrow, you can have faith, and there's moments of faith that you can, you know, you might be able to stick something or throw it, and it's somewhat effective, but it's never, it never operates in the pure design like when it's paired with hope, and then it's very effective. And so it, it, I believe that hope makes that, that position of hope, that perspective of hope gives faith some, uh, some effectiveness, some aim, correct. Um, but faith is not stagnant. Faith is not like Faith is not like hope in the sense of it's, faith is less about a position and more of an action. In fact, the Hebrew word imuna actually means firm action. That's one of the definitions, just a million definitions in Hebrew. It's ridiculous, but it's all, everything surrounded around hope is action. And I use the, uh, I use the, um, the stories within the Bible. One was the woman with the issue with blood. Uh, the other one was the 10 lepers. And then I believe the third one was... Oh, what did I say? Oh, the, the sinner with the alabaster box in Luke. It's, it talks of her as, the, as a sinner. Um, and so in all situations, it's their faith that, that makes some kind of change take, take place. So uh, in, in the 10 lepers, remember the one comes back to Yeshua after, they, after Yeshua healed them, said go, and they were healed along the way. One comes back to give thanks and honor to Yeshua, and his, and his response to him was, uh, go, now your faith has made you whole. Though they all got a measure of healing, leprosy actually took pieces of your body and was such a terrible disease that it would actually take pieces of your body and make you uh, not quite whole. So you can stop that thing with healing that I don't, I don't hurt anymore and I don't have to go through. But what Yahweh was saying is that now, or Yeshua was saying is now I'm giving you wholeness. So your faith has made you not just healed, but I've, it's made you whole and restored as if it never took place in, in the first place. Back to original design. So um, th- then there's, then there's the, uh, the, the, the sinner with the alabaster box. And what he says to her is that go, your faith has saved you. And then, and then the last one was, what did I just say? I just did that one. Woman with the issue of blood. She, she came in and she you know, touched the hem of his garment. And Yeshua says to her, go, your faith has healed you. She didn't need wholeness. She just needed healing and that stuff. So it stopped that disease uh, and she received healing. And so faith is not, it's not as much of a, a, as a stagnant position as it is active. But I want to make sure in me saying that you understand that it's not about the measure of faith. It's not about the fact that they had so much faith. And sometimes we get caught up in this because what about the times when it's like, I don't feel like that faith is quite there. And maybe if not for you, for others that are walking through something that feel like, man, my hope and my faith is at an all-time low today. And we need to understand that in the Bible, Yeshua multiple times meets people where they are with the measure of faith they have. He doesn't say, I need you to have all of this faith in order to receive healing. I just need you to have a measure. And a lot of times he might direct them to find more faith. The ultimate goal is that you're filled with faith. But the, but the, but the thing is, is that we're not, we're not, going, we're not going after the, the measure of faith as much as we're going after the idea to come to the one who is faithful. So it's not about the measure of faith. It's about the, 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 the approach to Yeshua. 
And so I want to make that clear that as we talk about these things, uh, I try not to confuse, I don't want to confuse anybody and think that what we're after, though we are after greater faith, that we are, you know, we build ourselves up in our most holy faith through praying in tongues and in this coming together and, and everything else and through these teachings, I still want us to understand that even in a time that you don't quite feel it, faith is not an emotion, that you don't quite feel it, understand that it's not about the measure of faith. It's a, it's a matter of always going to the source. That's what brought it. But it was an action. Even with a little flicker of flame, a little bit of faith, someone who had been walking in something, an issue for, for so long, the little bit of measure of faith that said, if I could just touch the little bit of measure of faith that just said, I just feel like I need to go back and, 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 and give thanks. Not even looking for, I'm done, I'm good, I don't, I don't feel what I felt anymore. But just that measure of faith to go back actually stirs the Father into doing something more. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Uh, a funny story I've told before, but Eva and I, uh, we were in a, um, we were uh, probably just started dating, and we were in a, uh, I'm trying to say that so I can make sure that this story, since it puts me down, it goes really far. This is a long, long time ago, right? <laughs> long time ago. But we started, we were dating and we were in this uh, little antique shop and there's a sign up there that said, uh, <clears throat> faith, hope, and love, the greatest of these is love. And Eva was like, oh, I love that. And I was like, Pfft. <laughs> In my ignorance of not knowing scripture at all at the time, Obviously, in my ignorance of life, period, I just, I just made this statement. I was like, I don't, I don't know about that. And Eva goes, Mark, that's biblical. That is in the Bible. I'm like, man, couldn't they at least just given me a scripture reference there? Man, that would have saved me some embarrassment. And I'm sure I tried to talk my way out of it. <laughs> but it's funny how the Bible says that love, the greatest of these is love. But then it also says this. It's impossible to please the Father without faith. And I realized, though, that the reason that the foundation, what I was talking about, we, we've talked about hope and faith, but remember that it all comes first from the, the love, the beloved identity. That is the foundation of this whole walk. And without that, the perspective thing will never be shift. The renewing of our mind will never shift. You know, Yeshua walks into, uh, after he's baptized and the spirit descends like a dove and he gets beloved identity. That's what we're talking about when we say beloved identity. This is my son and who I'm, whom I'm well pleased. Understanding that Yahweh is the father and that we are a son. Coming into that idea allows you to walk into something. Because then it says when the Holy Spirit led him then into the wilderness. And I love the translation that says it led him into the wilderness to show his strength. And I, I've just been challenged lately of looking back of where I've come through and, and saying there's a lot of things I would love to change. I would love not to be in my story, but at the same time, I'm just thankful that I'm here, right? Like I, I don't need, I don't need to, I don't need to, to uh, you know, that grace, that love, that's all covered. We're, I'm, I'm fine, but right here, I'm just thankful to be at this point and say that I'm a son. It's nothing I did necessarily to get me here and there's nothing that I can do to keep me out of here. I'm here. And Yahweh, Yahweh has, has called a son. So from that place, we're able to go into times of testing and not see them as testing as much as we see them as opportunity to show our strength. So in a day of testing, in a time of testing, whenever we come in and we feel like we're just buttoned up against something, something's not changing in our life. And why is it like this that we can start to say that Yahweh is not, he's not show, giving me an opportunity to fail, but he's giving me an opportunity to equip and to be, and to be all that I'm designed to be. And if I didn't walk through this, I might not get it. Ben's testimony, slowing down. Sorry. I, 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 sometimes I get fired up and I just keep going. And every time I look at Eva, I know time to slow down. <laughs> but Ben's testimony is, uh, uh, it's, 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 he, he, he walked through some things, but not, not just because, right? Like you, you talk about there's, he, he's one that taught me that the valley of the shadow of death is a place that you can get a measure of his presence you couldn't get anywhere else, which is a tough thing to say. But the scripture is very clear on, very clear on the fact that even in the times that things seemed in the day of trouble, David talks about, we got to guard the heart. We got to make sure that at the end of it, this is what's still intact. 
Sometimes the mind is going, whatever. we need to make sure that this, above all else, guard your heart because everything that you do flows from it. And so there's this leading us into a, a wilderness and there might be a time of testing, but out of the position of beloved identity that brings hope, remember Gideon getting his identity first, that beloved identity of, 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 a, of a mighty man, of a man of valor, eventually bringing about hope in his life and causing him to come to a place of faith. And Yeshua, after he's baptized, goes through the wilderness, comes out. When he, before he starts his ministry, you know what he does is he makes a declaration of faith. Reading from Isaiah, the, the prophecy of Isaiah, he says that, that, uh, that he has anointed me. He hadn't started the ministry, but he makes the declaration before it's, re- before it's real. He says that he has anointed me. He has anointed me, and this is who I am. This is how I operate. And so there's a measure of faith that he gets through the walking of beloved identity. So, um, faith, so, so that's why I say the faith, hope, and love. Just think, we need to live right here for a little bit. There's a lot to learn in the kingdom. It's, it's an ever-increasing, never-ending, amazing stuff that I'm just learning. But, but sometimes you need to kind of hone it in. And, and right now, we're in this faith, hope, and love thing. And, I, and I'm, I'm challenged. It's powerful. Um, it's powerful. The greatest of these is love. But it's impossible to please the Father without faith. What, is, what does that really mean? I love my kids unconditionally. There's nothing that they could do to make me stop loving my kids. It's, it's me. It's within me. It's a fiber of who I am to love those kids. But I can't tell you how much I'm stirred when one of them, this is, this is crazy because it seems like I would be sad about this in some ways, but when, when, when Leo or Frank, or, or obviously Mila, not right now, but Leo or Frank gets scared and their, their, their reaction is to run and jump in my arms, it stirs me. It stirs me because of this, because they, cause, cause at, at this point in time, I'm a source for them. At this point in time, they have all faith that if there's something going down, if something's going wrong, if something's difficult, I can run and jump in my daddy's arms and everything's okay. There's my, that's my source, that's my protection. And I believe that we, as people, as sons and daughters, need to realize that that's what's accessible to us. That's, the, that's that sweet, sweet thing about this, about this kingdom walk is that in the day of trouble, turn and jump in his arms. It stirs his faith. I mean, it stirs him. Your faith stirs him. So there's an active thing, right? There is an active turning. It doesn't matter how much faith, how much hope you feel like you have. In that day of trouble, in that time of testing, in everything that you go through, it is imperative that we as sons realize that what stirs Yeshua, what stirs Yahweh, is not just that we know that he loves us, but that we activate our faith by turning towards him. It's really good. It's really good. I don't want to toot my own horn, but toot, toot. It's not, it's not the, it's not the, it's, it's the revelation within it. It's the, it's the, rem, the reminding. Some of the stuff and a lot of things that I, that I speak about, I, uh, I want them to remind us. You know, I want them to, rem, I want us to remember who we are and remember what we have accessible to us. That's what we, that, you know, like I said, I want Holy Spirit to speak to you. I don't want to just be the only person that gives you a word. I want you to have a word and I want what I say to cause you to remember things that adds to the word you have and elevates you in this kingdom walk and just keeps, you know, just fans your flame that you already have. <clears throat> so let's, uh, let's open our, uh, our Bibles if you have them. You should, we are at church. It's kind of one of those tools of the kingdom. <clears throat> but you probably won't have, uh, or some of you might, but I'm, I'm going to read out of the Passion Translation on something that we, but you can still follow along in whatever translation you have. I want to speak in Romans 12.2, which is what we've talked a lot about, about don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Because I've really been hearing this of, it's not necessarily about us becoming as much as it is of us remembering. It, it's, not, it's not so much of us being, uh, being changed or some crazy thing, but us, this mind being renewed. This mind being renewed into the rea- realization of who we actually are and what we actually walk in, what's accessible to us as sons and daughters of the king. 
<clears throat> All right. So this is, again, the Passion Translation. I love this because sometimes it takes a lot of the stuff that's not understood and it talks in some layman's terms. It talks in some, some real, uh, just some, there's some understanding in here and I love it. It, it uses a language that we're, we're used to. Um, anyways, but so this is, this is 12.2. It says, stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. That's pretty powerful right there. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you. See, I love how it dives in a little bit more because you can say, uh, be not conformed to this world, and we go, oh, yep, yep, that's not me. I'm not part of this world. I'm, I'm, I'm of the kingdom, man. But what this says is stop imitating the ideals and opinions of culture around you of the culture around you. If you think about the millennials right now, and the millennials being the kind of my generation that most people are frustrated with most of the time, it's, the, the, the thing is, is that what we, what we are trying to do most of the time is change the way that they think to respond to the culture that we believe in. It's usually caught up in politics. That's why I'm so against politics, because I know it's so not the answer. You know, us, us demanding that they agree with, with, Trump's, with Trump's opinions on things or, or uh, the Republican view on things. Not saying that these things, there's not good. And we don't, again, I say that we pray for our leaders and there's people, some that are, that are graced to be in this arena. But, I'm, but what I'm saying is that it's not the focus. It's not what's gonna change people's thoughts. In fact, with this group, they're sick of being told what to do and how to do it and how to think. That's one of the issues is that we have a generation that's trying to tell another generation how to think and how to be while they're trying to be their own person. And ultimately, what we need to come to the realization of is we don't need another political stance. We need to come together in the fact of he is the source. And so if you come in and the, what you're leading off with is this is how you should believe or I don't agree with where you stand, there's such a divide before you bring them the source. So many things I say about stop trying to figure out what we're against and where we differ and start thinking about who we're for. Like the angel with Joshua, no. Who are you for or against? Nah. Not going, I'm not going to drop down to that level and bicker about something that's really just a distraction from what the real issue is in this world. So when it says stop imitating the ideas and opinions of the culture around you, make sure, like I'm not trying, this is all out of, I, I, I sometimes I'll talk like this and I get all fired up, but really, honestly, all this is out of, is truly out of, out of love. And I want what Yahweh has helped me in, I want to help you in since you're here. And that's, that's my goal is that I'm, I'm here to, to hopefully help, you know, to help renew. So stop imitating the ideals and opinions of culture around you. You can't do that by just being a part of the culture around you. You got to, the, all the faith, all what you're speaking, more of what you're speaking should be out of kingdom and less about the politics, more about the supernatural and less about just the natural. But be inwardly, so not external, but inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. Are you right or does your mind need to be reformed? Are you completely right in where you stand? See, that's where it gets caught up. Are you sure that's the right position and you're right that you're arguing and red in the face about? Or is, is Holy Spirit trying to say, shh, 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 come here. Let me, let, me, let me renew some things within you. And if you're constantly listening to this thing out here, just pumping all these beliefs and all these things in your, in your thinking, then you miss the quiet. You know, how many times did Yeshua escape to go by the, the lake, to go up to the mountain? His, his source, his source was not in what people were speaking to him and telling him and showing him. And you know, this is the issue we're struggling with right now. He's, shh, I'm gonna go up to the mountain. And so if you're not in those times of just quiet and peace, then, then question, question within yourself, what source am I going to? This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. You know, this, <clears throat> you know, this, this thing about, 
I'm, I, I hope to get past just renewing of our mind but the, in, in this scripture, but this is so powerful. I, I said this the last time I spoke. My dad corrected me when I talked about, uh, I said that my dad's the first person that I ever heard talk about spiritual DNA, and I got home, and he said, I never said that. I was like, pretty sure that you talked about spiritual DNA. That was the first person I heard say that. So nope, I never talk about spiritual DNA. I just talk about DNA. And the reason is because, because Genesis tells us that, that we were created in his image. So the, the very fiber of who we are, the breath in our lungs, comes from him. So think, just let me, let me just challenge us here and see this is why we need a renewing of our mind. Is because we were created in his image, meaning this vessel is God, is of God, is of heaven. It was designed by him, created. Who believes he's perfect? So if we were created in that image, then how we were designed was perfect. And then on top of that, we carry the same spirit that Yeshua carried with Christ within us. So I think we're pretty, pretty set. I think it's, it's safe, to say, safe to say that a lot of what has happened is being conformed to this world. A lot, of, a lot of the issues and a lot of the disbelief and the challenges that we face in this world is by conforming to the world, by accepting the cultures and views because if we were created in His image and we walk with the spirit of Yeshua, then what is our excuse again? I'm sorry, that seems like the trump card. It really does. And so I just believe there's such, there's such power right here that to understand that it's, there's not weakness in you. That's a, that's a, that's a mental issue. That's, a, that's a, what you've decided to accept. It truly is. Like, think about this for a second. This is why it's so powerful to renew our minds, to repent, which means to change the way you think. Because with that, with that true hope and that true identity, what is impossible? What is impossible? Um, I've been reading a lot about uh, the Wright brothers lately. I don't know why. I just really have been interested in the Wright brothers. And I've read a few things on them. And this is, this is kind of where some of this comes from is... Um, in 1903, they were, they were accredited with, uh, with inventing and flying the first successful aircraft. It was in a time that it wasn't that people weren't trying to do that. Um, I think it was 1893 was when the engine was created, but so many people focused on the engine. And we have this powerhouse here, that man design that we've created that has been so successful here. And so what people did in, in when, when flight became something they focused on is they did everything they could do to design the perfect engine that would be lightweight but powerful enough to make an aircraft fly. But what Orville and Wilbur did was their, their, their mom <clears throat> was a bird enthusiast. And when, she, when they were little, she used to just talk about being in love with birds and talk about birds. And she, it, said that it was said that she could, she could j- identify any bird by just hearing their song <clears throat> and always talking. And so what, what the Wright brothers did in this time where everybody's in this rat race to figure out how to get people in the air is they started to go to what was created perfect in the first place. And they, they spent their time looking at the bird because Yahweh created that. So that thing's perfect already, and that thing can soar. And that's what I'm after. So let me study what that thing has. And so often, I just believe that, we, that in, 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 our, in our walk and in our beliefs, without the renewing of our mind, we, we, we fail to realize that we, like Steve said, we, we have what we need. It's within us. It's, it's, it's who we are. We are designed in his, we're, we're designed to be able to walk. And what, what does this mean for us? What does this mean for us? I mean, what, what's the importance? What are we supposed to be flying around? I don't know. That would be awesome, but that's not really what I'm talking about here. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not really what I'm talking about. What I'm, what I'm talking about is that whenever I speak over a situation, whenever I say that cancer has no place in my body, cancer has no place in your body, when I speak over a relationship, whenever I speak over situations that I myself have authority over, that there should be a new normal. We've accepted a new normal, apparently, because we were created in his image and we have the same spirit that rose Christ Yeshua from the dead. So if, if that being true, then somewhere along the way, we've accepted a new normal because that isn't the normal is that people just get healed. That's not the normal. Is that, can we agree on that? That's not normal right now. That would be uncommon in these days, in America, in these days. Not saying that there's not places, but it's uncommon. It would, it would cause a big stir, <laughs> if there was just healings every time someone came in and there was a person like Yeshua, but isn't there supposed to be a lot of those? (laughs) So this is where this renewing comes in. And this is kind of, I don't, I mean, this is a little bit out there in some ways, but it's, it shouldn't be. This is, this is the kingdom walk right here. This is, this is what we should be breathing and living in right now. It is our DNA, Dad. It's our DNA, not our spiritual DNA, but it's how we were designed. It's how we were created. <clears throat> so I think that we focus so many times on in, in, in church and, um, and just as believers and walking or whatever, we focus so hard on what is that thing that can make this whole thing work? How do we create the engine for the kingdom? How do we, what, what can we do to make this thing happen? And there's a failure to just recognize that that's within us and it doesn't come outside of the source. It doesn't come out of understanding first that you were created in his image, that within your very being and every single time that you take a breath, it's not your breath, it's God's breath. And the other thing is, is that, you know, it says, the scripture says that Yeshua makes us perfect and I hear so many excuses from so many people anytime I talk and I've used the excuses myself of saying, well, I'm just not quite enlightened enough. I'm just not quite there. You know, I have these issues. But Yeshua makes us perfect. And not Americanized perfection. Perfect meaning complete. Where I'm weak, he's strong. It's a true oneness. It's how Eva and I, I was never really Mark Gurlez all together until I met Eva. She unlocked something within me that made me more me than I've ever been. And vice versa, because we were designed to walk in oneness. It's the same way we're supposed to be with Yeshua. In those places that you feel like you fail, walk to him. Remember, turn towards him and watch what stirs within the Father. That's how he he loves you, but I want to stir him to action. I want there to be an activity in this thing and not stagnant. So I just believe that as believers, we've, we've, we've come into this place as sons. We've, we've come in this place where we're trying to make, like in this analogy here, that we've tried to, to create the engine again. And we need to focus on the original design and understand that everything that we have, Steve, that, that's powerful, 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 unlock some things in my understanding and renewing my mind just to realize, again, we're not becoming, we are. It's a renewing of our mind issue that we have to come into. So that's why that's so, so important. Let's keep reading in this, in this uh, scripture here. So uh, this is verse three. Um, God has given me grace to speak a warning about pride. Paul's speaking this to, to these people. I, I, would, I would ask each of you to be emptied of self-promotion and not create a false image of your importance. Instead, honestly assess your worth by using your God-given faith as the standard of measurement. And then you will see the true value with an appropriate self-esteem. I I believe we're coming into the day of measurement. That it's not going to be just, again, a a, a Hail Mary, hope and a prayer type deal. It's going to be measurable. Hope being measurable by the joy I'm experiencing my faith being measurable by the breakthrough I'm seeing and things becoming real and alive. That's, what, that's, that, that's the truth. That's where we're going to start to see some things. I believe we're walking into not just saying, proclaiming, and just see what happens, but with confidence knowing that this is taking, that things are changing and taking place. No, uh, verse four, in the human body, there are many parts and organs, each with a unique function. And so it is in the body of Christ. For though we are many, we've all been mingled into one body in Christ. This means that we are all vitally joined to one another. 
with each contributing to the to the uh, with each contributing to the others. God's marvelous grace imparts to each one of us varying gifts and ministries that are uniquely ours. So, if God has given you the grace gift of prophecy, you must active you must activate your gift by using the proportion of faith you have to prophesy. If your grace gift is serving, then thrive in serving others well. If you have the grace gift of teaching, then be actively teaching and training others. If you have the grace gift of encouragement, then use it as often, or as often to encourage others. If you have the grace gift of giving to meet the needs of others, then may, your pros- then may you prosper in your generosity without fanfare. <laughs> I love that. The most generous people I know will never, ever let you know. (laughs) They don't want other people to know. They don't. People that are about themselves and want to show, they're not generous people. I don't care how much they give. That's why sometimes I see these celebrity giving things, and it's just like, well, look how much we gave. Look how, oh, man, how great are they? How great are they? That's not powerful to me. Powerful to me is... is, uh, is men like Henry Jordan and Caroline Jordan. Some of the most generous people I know in, this, in my sphere that will do things for people and never mention it. You find it out from someone else. There's a lot of people like that in this house, so I just calling them out just because they came to my mind right now. I looked at them, um, but they're amazing people. I just love how that said, generosity without fanfare. If you, if you have the gift of leadership, be passionate about your leadership. And if you have the gift of showing compassion, then flourish in your cheerful display of compassion. <clears throat> Let the inner movement of your heart always be to love one another and never play the role of an actor wearing a mask. Verse 9 says, Let the inner movement of your heart always be to love one another. One another. And never play the role of an actor wearing a mask. Despise evil and embrace everything that is good and virtuous. Be devoted to tenderly loving your, fin- your fellow believers as members of one family. Try to, do- try to outdo yourselves in respect and honor of one another. Be enthusiastic to serve the Lord, keeping your passion toward him boiling hot. Radiate with the glow of the Holy Spirit and let him fill you with excitement as you serve him. Let this hope burst forth within you, releasing a continual joy. Don't give up in a time of trouble, but commune with God at all times. Your day of trouble. Do not, do not give in. Do not give up. When I was in school, I was a terrible test taker. And every single time a test came up, I had not prepared for that thing adequately. So to me, a test looked horrible. But Susie Q over to my right, who actually was Zach Sanchez, was, a, was always prepared for this test. And to them, to, this, to, this, to th- this person, that test was an opportunity to show their strength. Understand that even in the weakest and the lowest and the most difficult times that, that we might walk through, that there is a measure of his presence there, a grace that is given in that time, and that we are designed to walk straight through that thing because he's not trying to trip you up. This might not be for the whole, I'm talking to people specifically, he's not trying to trip you up. I spoke with someone not that long ago that told me, they, they know that Yahweh loves them, but they feel like every single time they mess, that, that something happens wrong and they have difficulty not saying, that's probably because of something I did. That's why beloved identity is the first place to stop. If you, if you, if you need to stay somewhere, stay in beloved identity. Understand that he's a father and that though you might walk through a day of testing, though you might walk through a, a difficult time, understand that it is, not, it is not about you did something to make you get punished. He's not this judge. He's a father. The judgment is against anything that comes against you. I'm not sitting around judging my boys and my girl. 
That's not my goal. My goal is that they prosper above all else, that they're happy, that they, that they, that they have amazing lives and that they know the Father, that they, that, they, that they walk in blessing all the days of their lives. And if they're going through something, trust me, I'm hovering right there close. No matter what age they're going to be, I'm, I'm right there hovering, just waiting for the, give me, just give me the tap, I'm coming in, you know? And all of my judgment is not aimed towards where they failed, but aimed towards anything that's coming against them, preventing them from succeeding. And that is how the Father sees us. Start with beloved identity. Let this hope burst forth within you, releasing a continual joy. Don't give up in a time of trouble, but commune with God at all times. Take a constant interest in the needs of God's beloved people and respond by helping them. Respond. You understand that all of this that I'm reading is all about an activity. It's all about active faith. It's all about doing. This, this is an in and out, right? I say this a lot, but we, we come in, we're in before him right now, but it's unto nothing if we don't go out. And, and there's a, there's a, we never get away from coming in. We never get away from the presence. That's what equips us to go out. But we have got to not just sit here and get fat and happy and enjoy things for ourselves and not be willing to stand in the position of, of helping others and, and really exposing Christ in this earth. He didn't say, go and get a good political stance. He didn't say, go and make a million dollars. He didn't say that. I love the the translation that says, go and be the gospel to all of creation. Go and be it. Go and be that, to be that testimony to the entirety of creation. Take a constant interest in the needs of God's beloved people and respond by helping them and eagerly welcome people as guests into your home. Speak blessing, not cursing, over those who reject and persecute you. Celebrate with those who celebrate and weep with those who grieve. Live happily together in a spirit of harmony and be as mindful of, one, of another's worth as you are of your own. Don't live with a lofty mindset thinking you are too important to serve others, but be willing to, be, uh, to do menial tasks and identify with those who are humbled-minded. Don't be smug or even think for a moment that you know it all. Never hold a grudge or try to get even, but plan your life around the noblest way to benefit others. Do your best to live as everybody's friend. Beloved, don't be obsessed with taking revenge, but but leave that but leave that to God's righteous justice. For the scripture says, if you don't take justice in your own hands, I will release justice for you, says the Lord. And if your enemy is hungry, buy him lunch. Win him over with kindness. For, you, for your surprising generosity will awaken his conscience. And God will reward you with favor. Never let evil defeat you, but defeat evil with good. Man, I, I'm, I'm, how many times I say this, but can, can we please, can we please not move on without getting the simplicity and beauty of the power in these words? Can we please not try to go off into Neverland without understanding the foundation of who we are as kingdom people? Why am I saying this? It's because there's a, there's a responsibility within the family. Faith has a lot of different ways we can go, right? But we've been joined together. Do you remember what I, what I taught us about uh, Laodicea, about, that, about the, uh, the message of um, so many people say, and they say, I wish that you would uh, not be hot or cold, but because, or I wish you'd be hot or cold, but because you're lukewarm, I, I spit you out. And so many people say that that's because, you know, you got your hot believers that are boiling hot, but if you're not going to be that, you just go ahead and be a sinner and do whatever you got to do out here because Yahweh just doesn't like that lukewarm person that's kind of in and out and doesn't have it figured out. And a lot of times I think that he actually, those people that are trying to, man, I just don't know, he, he comes, that, that you don't have to have the full measure of, of faith here. You don't have, just, is there something there I can work with? I'm coming after you, son. I'm coming after you. So I don't really subscribe to that, really. Because really, the, the, the actual historical fact of that is that there was, there was three cities along the Lycus River. This is what he's talking about there. If you go into context, there's th- uh, in the context of this story, there's, there's three uh, cities within this valley along the Lycus River. And, they, and, and one is, is called 
Colossae, one is Erapolis, I believe, and the other one is Laodicea. And, uh, and, and Yeshua is speaking to, the, to Laodicea in this thing. See, Laodicea, they had a, a water source. What, dis- what distinguished these three places is they had different water sources in each of their cities really close by. The Laodicea had a water source that was kind of grimy and lukewarm. And it was really good for the textile industry. And it was really powerful for an eye salve, an eye salve that, that, uh, that, that helped with blindness. And so they, they had these crazy successful things in Laodicea because there was this source that brought them wealth. But in Colossae, there was a cold water source that, that flowed through there. And in Colossae, the cold water source was something that could nourish your body. It was something that was, you could drink. And it was, and it was, and it was, it was very, it was obviously an essential to your body. In, in Erapolis, it had a hot, hot springs, hot water source. And that was very a soothing. They had all kinds of soothing bombs made out of that. And it was a soothing place. So in this little area was everything that they needed for survival. They had so many great water sources. And what Yeshua was saying to Laodicea is you've gotten so caught up in the fact that your water brings all this success in this, and it, it flowed lukewarm. And the thing about the Laodicea water was the one water you could not ingest because it acted as an emetic. And if you, tr- if you actually drank it, you would vomit it out. So Yeshua is saying that because you have chosen your water source, I wish you would, I wish you would plug into this here, this hot source, this, this, this thing that's right next to you. I wish you would plug into this cold source, this water that flows from right here. But because all you care about is you and this, and I can do this by myself, I actually vomit you out of my mouth. So that is, that's the background to that story. And so I see so I've, I've, what's been speaking to me this week What's been speaking to me this week has been, has been uh, over the past few weeks, is our, is our active faith as a family. We have been plugged in together. And the worst thing for us to do in a time that, we, that we're dealing with health issues or we're dealing with uh, 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 anything with depression or anything that we're struggling with is as a family to, to lock up. This is, this, is, this is the way that most people do this thing. They come in here. They come to a place of, and, and hoping that just within this crowd, that maybe something happens and I'm free. Or that maybe I can just walk this thing out and I'll eventually figure this thing out and eventually this will be changed and, I, and I'll be free. And really what happens is, you know, you see, like I always use my kids as an example, but my kids, they walk around like this. They, they, everything is just open, right? Like they, like they fall down, dad, oh, I scraped my knee. I did this. And you know, it's always, there's always something. And the thing is, is that I have authority over those kids. And I've found that Eva and I, uh, Eva talks about the story just recently. We were on a trip and Mila got the fever, got a fever while we were in Nashville. And it was a terrible trip, just awful. And the kid, every single one of our kids got sick at one point. And uh, on the way back, Mila had a fever and you don't want to, an infant with a fever. That's not good. It's not good for any of them, but definitely not her. And when we got in the car on the way back, and she already hates the car. She screams. If she ain't sleeping, she's screaming most of the time. And so, uh, so, we, uh, so we're about to take this long drive back. And she being the one screaming the entire time, I'm sitting there worried about our sanity all the way home. And Eva was stressed out. I was stressed out. Frank and Leah are probably not stressed out. They're probably having probably good, but but she's just not good. And and I and I before we left, I just stopped and I said, Yahweh, I, I speak over her body and I declare that she has rest. I declare that perfect healing and wholeness is coming to her body right now. And I declare that this will be miraculous to us as we as we drive back. Isn't that something of of what my prayer was over her? And that girl slept most of the way, in a miraculous way. She slept pretty much the whole way until we got out of the car and woke her up and it was in there was no screaming there wasn't this stuff it was a miraculous show and one time whenever Frank was he was about to have surgery at a very young age he was like seven or eight months eight months old and he was gonna have to have surgery oh that's why I said three months you didn't hear me right he was three months old and uh <clears throat> and he uh and he said uh and, and he had to have this surgery and Frank if Frank was like you know if he wasn't eating he was crying and at that time, and they told us, you know, as for surgery, he can't eat tonight. And we were just like, oh my God. 
I don't know how we're going to get through this. I had already mentally prepared to go and be rocking him the whole night and just, and just, it was going to be a rough night. Before we went to bed, I just said, Yahweh, I have authority over this boy. And I just asked for a miraculous thing. You fill his belly tonight. Give him rest and fill his belly. He did not wake up until he went into surgery. The new normal. I don't have a story about Leo because I haven't figured out how to pray for Leo yet. <laughs> it's coming though. My prayers don't work quite with him yet. But, but the truth is, is that, is that this, is, this, is the, this is the new normal. This should be the normal. We, get, we received a new normal before. I believe that we're coming into, stepping into a place of receiving a new normal. And so what I'll say about that within the family and, how, and getting back to this is that I do have authority over my kids. I believe that I have authority over my wife because she's one with me. She has authority to speak over my body. I have a sport, authority to speak over her body. But so often our prayers go unanswered or uneffective because people aren't giving you that place. And as a family, I think that we need to open up to each other and say, look, this is what I'm walking through. Here's where I'm at. Talks about in the scripture, taking off the mask. We all are walking through things in our lives or people within, within our sphere are walking in things. There's a day of trouble. There's a day of success, whatever it might be. We need to be able to open up to each other. Not just me. Don't just come up here afterwards and be like, okay, I'm glad you said that. Let me talk to you about it. I'm talking about we have been joined together and we have got to start to awaken the the spirit of intercession within this house. Intercession means to be standing in the gap for someone as if it was your own walk. So when someone, someone else is walking through something, remember the scriptures talking about, you know, it, it, rejoice with those who are rejoicing and mourn with those who are mourning. It, what it's technically saying there is if someone else is sick and you've been joined to them, they're a part of your uh, Lycus River family there that you've been plugged into. First off, step one, you're walking through something, open back up. Damon says it's not, it's not about vulnerability or it's, vulnerability is not the same thing as susceptibility. And we've walked through so many things where we've had an issue, something's come up, uh, and, and, and it's from when we were a kid and we go to that thing, I scraped my knee, this is what's going on with me, to, to things not playing out the way we think they should, or things not happening the way that we, they, we thought they would, or my faith being tested, or whatever it might be, or seeing death, or seeing destruction, that we start to go from this to closing up like this. So I'll pray for you all day long, but I'm not about to do this, right? I'll make declarations over you and I'll stand with you, brother, but I'm not gonna do this and tell you, now could you stand with me? And as a family, we gotta see the importance of what we have here, of what we have. And, and, I, and, I, and I want to do my part. I want each of us to do our parts of, 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 of those that, that entrust you, to, that say like, here's what I'm dealing with. Don't close off, open things up. I love the scripture that says this. It says, it says that the fervent prayers of a righteous man availeth much, right? But before that, before that part, before that part of the scripture, which is so powerful, and it does, the fervent prayers of a righteous man availeth much. It also says, pray one for another that you might be healed. You know, that I say this all the time, but the kingdom is not about isolation. And you know that you can be isolated within a family? Just because you come to church doesn't mean you're not isolated. You know, we will point the fingers at people that decide they're going to do whatever, but, they, but, but when, the, the worst thing is when we come in here and we're not willing to show anybody anything, we're not willing to plug in with anybody, we're not willing to, to expose our hearts, we're not willing to open up in a time of worship and just say, this is what I'm walking through. I'm not talking about you walking up here and saying, okay, is this thing on? Let me announce what I'm going through. I'm talking about, I'm talking about but, but coming, coming to someone, coming to someone that you've been joined to and saying, hey, brother, I, can I just pull you aside for just a second? I need someone to stand in the gap with something that I'm walking through. And I've been, I've been praying for it, but I, I believe in your faith and I want your faith to join with my faith. And I need, I need an intercessor to step in this place. I need, someone to, I need someone to stand in my shoes and feel what I feel and pray like I pray and believe like I believe. Can you do that for me? And then that walk becomes our walk. Your isolated walk becomes the family's walk. And so I just, I, I felt this thing 
pretty strong this week that, that we have got to start to open back up. Not a bunch of isolated people within a family, but an actual family. That's how this thing was designed. Does that speak to you at all? Uh, I'm going to close with this story. I've seen this thing become very effective recently. And it was uh, Steve Parker. I love Steve Parker. He... uh, he recently walked through, and he was public about this, so I'm not saying anything that's hidden, but he, he walked through a situation where he, uh, they, found, um, they found a spot, and they thought that it, he had, it basically came down to it could be a 50-50% chance. It could be, it could, you go either way. It could be, can, it could be cancer or, or not. <clears throat> and he passed around for, how long did he pass this thing around, Henry? He dealt with it for two years total. Two years total, but the marble that he passed around? Probably last two months. Last two months. He, basically, he got this marble, which was, I guess that was the size of the spot. And he got this marble, and without explanation, he just passed it around to everybody within his congregation, like every Sunday or whatever, for them to touch. In fact, Henry went there just to, just to touch this marble. But he was basically, what he wanted was that everybody to, to join their faith in believing that it wasn't cancer. He just recently announced that he was, he's cancer-free. Yeah. <clears throat> There's power in the unity and the joining together, us being diverse and us walking through our own walk, but coming together as one to stand against things that are against us and to, and to rejoice with those who are rejoicing. If you have a testimony, if you have some things, tell somebody, even if it's not just up here in the mic, tell somebody, let us rejoice. Let's, 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 that builds my faith too. Amen. All right, y'all stand. <clears throat> Yahweh, thank you for this word. We, uh, we ask that, I just ask that you to make this real in the hearts of people, that this isn't something that just peps anybody up, but it actually becomes alive within their spirits, Father. Let us, let us dwell on this. Let us chew this. Let it become part of who we are. Let us be a people of faith, but also start to break down this hardened thing. Let us be tender among our family. Let us understand that we have a source around us in, in, in family that there's such a powerful source and we can't just do this by ourselves. It's not how we were designed. We were designed to walk together, Father, and just make this real within this family. Make this be revelation to us. Let there be a change that happens in us. Yahweh, I speak over anybody that's walking in health issues today and I ask that as a, as a member of this family, as, as authority in this house, that, that that thing is breaking today, that there's perfect wholeness and health uh, coming to their bodies now. By faith, I see that this is going, that we're gonna be able to measure this, Yahweh, and there's a testimony coming from this moment right here that there's healing within their body. Yahweh, if there's someone walking with depression, if there's someone walking with disappointment, I ask that that thing's broken off today. Let there be a miraculous miraculous change within this family. Let us start to start to experience uncommon presence, Yahweh, because this is actually how we were designed. And we realize this, Father. We know that we were created in your image and that we walk in the same spirit of Yeshua, Father. And so this is absolutely possible. This is where we are meant to, to live is in the realm of impossibilities and let you come in and make that thing possible, Father. So I just speak today healing, I speak today uh, uh, wholeness. I speak today joy, unspeakable, full of glory, Yahweh. Uncommon presence in our lives this week, Yahweh. Uncommon. I've never experienced this before, Father. I've never experienced you in this way. I speak that over this people, that all of their needs be met today. I declare this in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Amen. Love you. Thank you for listening. For more information on The Rock of Bay County, please go to therockofbc.org.